Amen. Appreciate you, Casey. Y'all let Casey know how much you appreciate him this morning and helping lead us in worship. Appreciate you guys. Hey, have you ever been absolutely shocked before to find out that somebody dealt with discouragement in their life? Uh, matter of fact, it could have been a, a person. Every single time you saw them, they were pretty much always upbeat, always seemed to be happy. Uh, then maybe they were even a person who had a strong relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you knew them. Uh, you were like, you thought they had an awesome prayer life. You you believed they had a heart for Jesus, and indeed they did. And yet they struggle with discouragement. You know, I was extremely shocked on one occasion when I was reading a work written by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And in that book, he shared with a person, uh, or shared rather about a person who struggled with discouragement in his life. And it really did, it kind of caught me off guard because the person that he was talking about was an individual that is described as the Prince of Preachers. In fact, there was an individual who has made a massive impact for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. His prayer life is indeed one that I would love to be able to match. His influence spread across uh, the world into churches. His influence ministered to seminaries, Christians, and many pastors. In fact, he's known as the most often quoted preacher in history, and yet he dealt with discouragement all throughout his life and ministry. Does anybody have a clue who I'm talking about? Yeah, it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. You know, that kind of took me back the first time that I read about that. He fought with discouragement primarily in his life because he had a physical ailment and had gout in his feet. And apparently uh, he prayed and sought the Lord, and yet the Lord would not take that from him. And so he was always in pain. And even in the midst of ministry, even in the midst of making a great impact, he struggled deeply with discouragement. You know, discouragement is something you and I will face in our walks with the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us who are born again, followers of Jesus, are missionaries involved in the ministry of making disciples. And you and I are going to face discouragement. And so we have to realize that discouragement will crawl up on us at just about any moment in life. You know, you and I can become discouraged over a particular situation in life and be tempted to give up and to quit and Perhaps we're disappointed, and you may be here this morning, that's you. You're disappointed in something that's happened in your life. It didn't pan out the way that you really thought that it would, and so you're disheartened and despondent. You know, we can also become discouraged in the ministry uh, that God has placed in us and given us an opportunity to be involved in, and we become tempted to be burnt out in the ministry and also to give up. Maybe you're here this morning, you feel like you're not making an impact as a community group leader or a grow group leader or a greeter or a children's volunteer or even a student ministry leader and you just face some discouragement in your life. You may be discouraged as well because of what a person has said about you or what a person has said directly to you. And you know, this can lead us to become bitter or resentful and completely shut off relationships. You think about it, how many marriages and how many families have been destroyed by the seed of discouragement? How many congregations have actually been affected by the seed of discouragement? You know, in my study, I ran across an article about discouragement stating that some common causes of discouragement in a person's life include stuff like fatigue. So you're running a 
nonstop life. You've got all of this busyness going on. I think all of us will probably slip our hands up and agree we are extremely busy. Uh, You've got your work. You've got things, extracurricular activities. You've got the weekends. You've got church. So many things going on. And sometimes whenever you are drained emotionally and physically, it can lead to a discouragement. Fatigue is one, but also failure is one that is noted. You try to do something and it failed in your workplace, it failed in your family, failed in the ministry that you're involved in, and you become defeated. So fatigue and failure, but also frustration often breeds discouragement. More times than we would probably like to admit, but we become frustrated when something does not go as planned. And then you can also know that fear will bring about discouragement. Fear is behind more discouragement than we'd like to admit. The fear of criticism. You know, what will they think leads us to be discouraged. The fear of responsibility. What if I can't handle this? That leads us to discouragement. And the fear of failure. What if I blow it? All of this can cause discouragement in a person's life. And this morning, discouragement is something that we are going to have to learn how to overcome if we're going to be followers of the Lord Jesus. And so for that, I want us to look at 1 Kings chapter 19 together this morning and see one of those prophets of God who faced great discouragement in his life. That prophet's name was Elijah. And Elijah was used mightily of God in 1 Kings. And God used him in 1 Kings chapter 18 to actually show up the servants and the prophets of Baal. You may remember that story, how Elijah and the prophets of Baal actually stood toe-to-toe and they called upon their God to send fire down to consume the altars that they had built. And Elijah, after watching the 450 prophets fail, stepped to the plate and called from God, called God to send fire down, and God did just that and consumed the offering. It was a time where God was glorified, where Elijah experienced great success in the ministry. But then something happened that sent Elijah straight into a time of great discouragement. We see that in 1 Kings 19. So stand with me in honor of God's word this morning. You've got it there in front of you. Verse 1, say yes. Notice the Bible. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. How he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and even more if I do not... Make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. He was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, Arise and eat. And then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And so he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Well, let's bow together. Father, we first want to just acknowledge today that all of us face discouragement in our lives. And God, we also want to acknowledge today that you do not want us to be tripped up with discouragement. You want us to walk in the victory that is provided in your son Jesus. 
And so, Father, as we worship you this morning through the Word, we ask that you would help us to overcome discouragement in such a way that it would honor you. And, God, I pray for those who are here today, and they are discouraged. God, do a work in their heart and in their life, and we'll give you glory for it. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray, and everybody said, Amen. So go ahead and be seated. And let's just jump right out of the gate and give you this statement. Discouragement is a personal choice. Discouragement really is. It is a personal choice that you and I make. Looking at Elijah, it's clear that he made a personal choice to be discouraged. He had just witnessed God do a great miracle. But after hearing the news that Jezebel was after his life, that is the time frame that he made a couple of personal choices that led to the reality of his discouragement. Now think about these these choices. And really, I want you to think about times where you've been discouraged and see if a couple of these choices weren't true in your life. Here's the first choice. I choose solitude. I choose solitude. Look again at 1 Kings 19 and verse 3. The Bible says, He was afraid and arose and ran for his life, and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. Now notice this part. And he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. So here we have Elijah making a personal choice to experience solitude. You know, according to a pastoral counseling research uh, department, those who experience discouragement are prone to withdraw from family and friends. And really that is what we see Elijah doing. He left his servant and then he went to be all alone. So he chose solitude. Now, uh, make no mistake, there are some times when choosing solitude is a great spiritual discipline. In fact, we read many times where Jesus would step away from the crowds and his disciples in order to be alone for a season of prayer. And this is considered a great choice in your life as well as in my life. However, when we're discouraged and when we feel that we have lost all hope over a situation in life, we should not choose to be alone. You know, as a pastor, I see this way too often within a fellowship. Something happens in a person's life that leaves them extremely disappointed and they immediately begin to pull away from those they were once close to. They pull away from their small groups. They pull away from times of corporate worship with others in the body and inevitably it's a picture really of what's happening in their home life as well. They often call in sick to work. They pull away from their spouse. They pull away even from their children. And like Elijah, they find a place to be alone and to sit. They choose solitude. But this is a choice that actually gives evidence of genuine discouragement overrunning a person's life. So that's what Elijah did. His first choice, he said, I'm going to choose solitude. Now here goes the second choice. I choose self-pity. I choose self-pity. Look at verse 4 in your Bible. Y'all got it there? Say yes. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. And then he said, It's enough now, O Lord. Take my life, for I am not better than my father's. Now y'all see him here, right? This is self-pity. A couple of things that stand out to me. First of all, he wanted to die. So he says, it's enough. It's the same word used to describe something that is too much. So he examined his own life and he decided, Lord, this is absolutely too much for me to handle. I need you right now to take my life. You know what he's praying and saying, God, I want you to kill me. This is interesting, isn't it? Because he's running from Jezebel because he's afraid he's going to die. And yet in solitude and self-pity, he asked that he would die. So he's running from death to death 
It reminds us that discouragement often causes us to become confused in how we think and how we live. And that's what's happening in Elijah's life. You know, several, uh, many uh, months ago, received a phone call from a man whose voice was cracking on the other end of the line. Uh, he calls and begins to share with me uh, how he appreciates me. And I thought, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And he's letting me know that he wasn't going to be around any longer. So I began to ask him, you know, about uh, whether or not he was moving, what was going on in his life. And, and then he kind of stopped and then he began to say, I, I just can't handle this anymore. Uh, the stress is too great. I'm a failure. I can't keep going on. I've tried and tried, but I just can't take care of things. And the harder I try, the deeper I fall into a pit. I'm going to end it uh, today. And so he went on to tell me what he was planning on doing. Now, what was true about his life or some of the things that we discussed was that he had already chosen solitude. He was all by himself. Uh, he was choosing in the same uh, frame to actually experience uh, some self-pity where he felt horrible about himself and he began to beat himself up for at least 20 minutes on the phone. He was biting at every single line that the enemy was giving him. And he had this decision in his mind, like Elijah. Now think about that. Elijah, this great prophet of God, just like Elijah, he was saying, I want it to be all done. I'm just ready to die. And uh, he was willing to take steps. Thankfully, by God's grace, he did not. But as I was studying 1 Kings chapter 19 this week, that conversation and others like it came to my mind. And I thought about Elijah's words when he says at the end of verse 4, I am not better than my fathers. This is self-pity to the max. This was a general statement of self-pity that Elijah no doubt took from the hand of the enemy. And remember Elijah, right? He's considered one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. In fact, check this out. When they were talking about Moses, oftentimes rabbis would bring up Elijah as well. So it was Moses and Elijah. Moses represented the law of God. Elijah was chosen in Jewish history to represent the prophets. So they chose the greatest in Moses to represent the law. They chose the greatest in the prophets, Elijah, to represent all of the prophets. Now think about it. Even on top of the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, where Jesus revealed his glory to his closest disciples. All right? He invited them, but he also invited two others from heaven. And who showed up there? It was Moses and Elijah. So here you have this great prophet of God who was used mightily of the Lord, and yet at the same time, he was discouraged beyond belief, wanting to die, giving in to general accusations about his life, saying, I am no better than my father's. You know, I've said it before, but let me reiterate it. The, love, the enemy loves to cause discouragement in your life and mine using general statements. Uh, for example, uh, you may have said this to yourself before. Uh, self, you're a loser. That's a general statement. You, you fail at every single thing that you do. You can't do anything right. Look at everyone else. They get it all figured out, but you look at you. You've not gotten anything right. Then as you listen to those general statements of accusations, usually you begin saying stuff like, uh, why is my life like this? You know, why, why is my life so horrible? Uh, no one else has it as bad as I have it. 
I'm such a waste. I am such a failure. I have no purpose. I'm not helping anyone. Why should I go on living? You know, discouragement was a choice for Elijah. It's a choice for you and I as well. And typically it follows that same pathway. We choose, first of all, to be all alone, isolating ourselves from others, uh, pushing other people out in our life who may actually want to be a source of encouragement and help. But we isolate ourselves and then we fall into self-pity. You know, it was one Methodist minister who said, it's embarrassing to admit, but sometimes I want to feel sorry for myself. I want to feel down. I don't want help from God. I don't want help from my wife. I don't want help from anyone else. I'm sure there's some Baptist ministers who've said that as well. You you ever feel like that? I'm talking to y'all. You ever feel that way? There, God bless you. There are times as well that I feel that way. Discouragement is Satan's way to throw us off track. And too often, like Elijah, we run out into the wilderness to be all alone. So how do we overcome this discouragement? Well, a couple of action steps that we will give you this morning. The first action step is this. uh, See discouragement as an indicator that something is wrong. See discouragement as an indicator that something is wrong. You, You ever got into your car or your truck and... You saw the check engine light on. I mean, you just get in there, you crank it up, and that thing is just beaming right at you. If you've been driving for any time, I'm sure you've seen that. Well, if you and I can begin to see discouragement in our life as a check soul light coming on, the dashboard of our spiritual lives, it'll help us. You know, I remember my roommate in college drove an old Ford Ranger, and the check engine light was always on. And I, I would ask him when I'd get in to ride with him, I'd say, hey, man, your check engine light's on. Have you checked your engine? And he would respond, yeah, I, I checked it. It's where it's always been, right there in front of the truck. It's like, man, there's something else there. Ignoring the problem of discouragement will not make it go away. Just like ignoring a check engine light is not going to make problems go away in a vehicle. So I want to encourage you to see discouragement as an indicator that something's wrong. And listen, oftentimes the problem is simply self-centeredness. Now please listen, all right? Pride has a tricky way of displaying itself in us. It's not only thought that we are better than someone else, but pride is also the thought that our circumstances in life are not good enough for us. In other words, we think we are better than the circumstances that we find ourselves in. You know, discouragement is often pride with a mask on encouraging us to say, I don't deserve this. Elijah said to God in chapter 19, verse 14, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. The sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They tore down your altars. They killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. And they seek my life to take it away as well. In other words, Elijah is saying, God, uh, everybody else has turned against you except for me. I'm the only one. I'm the only faithful one. I'm the only one who's telling people what you want to be said. I'm the only one who is really worshiping you. And you're allowing all of this to happen to me? Why are you doing this, God? Think about that. 
that really is self-centeredness and pride. He's saying, I'm better than these circumstances. God, I've done all of this. Why these circumstances? His indicator light was on. But he wasn't checking to see what was truly wrong. So listen, whenever you are discouraged in life, in ministry, in the workplace, in your home, when discouragement pops up, that is a time to stop and say, you know what, something is not right with my soul. I need to go to God in prayer. I need to get others around me. And I need them to pray with me and to encourage me. I've got to go to the Lord now. Listen, don't go off by yourself. Don't start ignoring people. Don't start falling into this mental mind trap where you continue to beat yourself up over and over and over again. And one thing in your life has gone wrong. And now you just keep a record of all of these failures. And you hit them and you hit them and you hit them and you say them and you say them and you say them. And before you know it, you're down in the bottom of a pit. So don't do that. Discouragement, let it indicate to you something is off. Something is not right. And you need to be realigned. You know, as I was walking through this message and preparing it, I thought about the check engine light. And, you know, sometimes whenever your vehicle is out of line and you let go of the steering wheel, it just kind of goes right off to the left or maybe it goes right off to the right. And listen, that indicator light comes on to show you you've got to get realigned. Same thing here. If discouragement is tripping you up, it's time for you to get realigned. It's time for you to look back to the Lord. Don't ignore people. Don't ignore the Lord. Action step number one, see it as an indicator that something's wrong. Y'all ready for action step number two? Are y'all ready for it on this side? (laughs) All right, good deal, because I love this one. Welcome God's ministering agents. Welcome God's ministering agents. Check out verse 5. This is awesome. The Bible says, He laid down and he slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, Arise and eat. And then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And so he ate, and he drank, and he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. Now notice here, we see that God witnessed the discouragement of Elijah. Now listen, by the way, because this is huge right here. Uh, aren't you glad God didn't just turn his back on Elijah? Hey, how about this? Aren't you glad God didn't uh, grant the request of Elijah? When Elijah said, take my life, aren't you glad God didn't just say, boom, done? God still had things for Elijah to do. Listen, God still has things for you to do. And when you're discouraged, God's not avoiding you. God is right there in the midst. God is desiring to minister to you. And here we see that he sent a ministering angel to help him in his time of need. So listen, when you're discouraged, the Lord doesn't ignore you. He will, check this out, send ministering angels into your life and agents of God into your life. Now, somebody's like, ministering angels? Well, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that you, uh, being hospitable to some, may have entertained an angel. So there is the possibility that God can do that. But even more so, I would see this is an encouragement to you and I that God will send ministering agents into our life. And I've experienced this more times than I'd be able to share in one message. But there have been times in my life where I have been extremely discouraged. Um, 
Uh, think about it like this, all right? Y'all with me say yes? So I'm just going to read it like I wrote it, and y'all love me. What about y'all? <laughs> so some of them was like, all right. But anyway, y'all are very quiet. All right, check this out. When marriages fail that I've sought to invest in, or others on staff have sought to invest in, or the families get their feelings hurt, and, or maybe we sense that spiritual growth isn't what we wanted to see in a person's life, there are times that discouragement can crawl up on me. And just the other day, uh, I, I felt this way. I was discouraged over some things. But check this out. My oldest daughter, Maddie, uh, encouraged me. Let me tell it to you like this. I was discouraged, tired, emotionally drained. Finished preaching uh, here. Uh, no response that day. All right? Nobody responding. Feeling like I was maybe doing something wrong. Even in the context, I'm like, Lord, did I preach what you wanted me to preach? Yes. So I was down with that. So I was a little bit discouraged at the same time. And I went into the restroom of our house uh, that evening to, to brush my teeth. And on the mirror, Maddie had uh, written a note. who said, when you look at yourself in the mirror, be proud of yourself. You're a great dad. <laughs> Y'all all right with that? So I thought, you know what? That's really where it's at. Hey, I was... Uh, Y'all still with me? Say, yeah. I'm just going to read this like I wrote it. Now, I don't want y'all to feel sorry for me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's not the goal. But I'm just trying to tell you, like, this is where we live. Right? So I was discouraged after preaching through the book of James. Y'all remember that book? <laughs> y'all are really discouraging me. Do y'all remember that book? <laughs> so I had, like, some high hopes that God would use that series of messages to strengthen our church body. But during the series, we actually um, saw our attendance go down. Our giving went down. We weren't where I hoped we would be in worship, uh, behind budget, and still are. Discouraged I was, believing that uh, I wasn't doing much to produce fruit. But then last weekend right out here in the foyer somebody comes up and says man i hadn't had a chance to tell you but the last sermon you preached on prayer in the book of james was a game changer for me thank you here i was are y'all listening because here's the deal oftentimes i do man i i don't know if y'all do this but when i get discouraged man it is amazing how many things i can think about to beat myself up over repeatedly boom 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 i mean i'll just i will shadow box myself to death are y'all listening Y'all don't leave me up here by myself. Y'all do it too. But it's amazing how when this occurs that God will just send ministering agents into my life. So uh, a note on the mirror in the bathroom, uh, a very short word in the foyer from somebody, just a source of encouragement. And then check this out. I was writing this message on discouragement. Uh, and my wife sent me a text that she had received from somebody else in our fellowship that read, uh, Tell Levi thanks for the message yesterday on overcoming worry. Started back to worry today, or, or to work today, and needed that. No worries as I leave my baby this morning. A peace that I have is only God-given, so thanks. Now, now think about this, right? When I'm experiencing discouragement, it is amazing. If I just open my eyes, God is sending ministering agents to me to actually help me. 
And then I would say the same to you. When you're experiencing discouragement, if you pull away in solitude and you fall out into self-pity, you're going to miss the ministering agents that God has lined up to actually encourage you and to help you. God sent one to Elijah. Uh, and I, you know, I know that was pretty personal, all that with me. But I'm just telling you, God sent, has sent many to me. And I, I thank the Lord for that. There are times when we need that. And when you're discouraged, we need to remember God's not absent. Let the indicator light show you something's wrong in your life, right? You maybe some self-pity going on, choosing solitude, something's out of line. So allow that and then just begin to pray. God, I need you to encourage me. And then just open your eyes and listen. God will send ministering agents into your life. Y'all ready for action step number three? Say yeah. So, so here it rolls. Walk in the strength that he provides. Walk in the strength that he provides. Look at verse 8. The Bible says he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights in Horeb, the mountain of God. So God gave him the necessary strength that he would need to go the next leg of the journey. Elijah didn't go in his own strength. He went in the strength which God provided. God didn't give him too much strength or not enough, but just the right amount. Now think about it like this. If you're taking a long trip in your car or your truck, you're going to have to stop at a gas station multiple times. You're only going to get enough gas to go the next leg of the journey. Check this out. Skip the gas station. You'll find yourself on the side of the road. God will give you just enough gas to take you the next leg of the journey with Him. Now, if you skip His encouragement, you don't welcome His help, you'll find yourself on the side of the road spiritually. But we receive from God what He gives to us, and He gives us just what we need for that season in life to keep on growing in our journey with Him. God gave it to Elijah, God will also give it to you. So, so eyeball to eyeball for a second. How many of you are experiencing discouragement? You've got that going in your life and you, you say, you know what, I've chosen solitude. I've chosen self-pity. But listen, listen, I want you this morning to see discouragement. And that's the indicator life. God, I just need to refocus on you. And then I want you to say, God, make it uh, very plain to me that you're sending ministering agents into my life to actually help me. And when you've experienced that and you had that going on in your life, be encouraged, man. That is God's ability to say to you, hey, I've not forgotten you. I'm still with you. I'm still here behind you. It's already there. And then I'd encourage you, as I've already said, that after you receive God's stamp in your life, so to speak, just know he's given you enough for the next leg of the journey. Just enough. Just what you need. Not too much. Not too little. Just enough. Amen on that one? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, I pray for those who are in our fellowship experiencing discouragement. God, we've hit a bunch of these. We've hit in fear. We've hit worry and now discouragement. And God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us to be overcomers. And even now, God, I pray that this... Uh, word this morning this message today has been a source of encouragement to those who are present and God perhaps even this morning this has been an opportunity for you just to remind somebody that you've not forgotten about them that you still have a purpose for their life that you still have something for them to do and God we thank you so much for your faithfulness thank you so much for your 
encouragement. Now I ask that you would encourage your people. Your head bowed, your eyes closed. Listen, this is going to be a time this morning where I hope that you have perhaps the indicator light on in your life. You just need to get realigned, refocused, and grab hold of that this morning. 